Hey folks, this is Ian Foster, and this is If and When, a podcast where I talk to other creators about how and why they do their thing. To start, I'm talking to colleagues, friends, and veterans of the arts community at home here in Newfoundland and Labrador, Canada. These are not so much traditional interviews as they're a chat over coffee or something a little stronger. So come sit in and have a listen. Okay, hi again. Thanks for tuning in. This is part two of my conversation with Tara Bradbury. If you missed part one, all you have to do is go back one episode in your podcast app. You'll hear that and we pick up right where we left off in our conversation about all things journalism and other things. It was really interesting to talk to Tara because, as I talk about at the end of this episode, journalism was actually what I was going to do before I decided that music was my path, or maybe more accurately, that music decided that it was my path. I had finished my English degree, I was getting ready to apply to journalism school because I had written stories for years, I was the arts and entertainment editor at The Muse, a highly prestigious job, it was great. I wrote a lot of CD reviews back when CDs were a thing that came in all the time to the newspaper. I wrote for Canoe.ca. Does that still exist? I don't know, but I did. I wrote about the band live when they played here in town. Uh, Pretty great show, as I remember. Um, I wrote even for The Telegram, which is the newspaper that Tara writes for. And I was getting ready to take that next step when I realized that I do love talking to people, I do love telling stories, and I love, love, love music, and I felt like there was a more direct way for me to do that, which has shaped my life for the last 16 or 17 years pretty profoundly, and it's interesting to be back here talking to you right now in this way, because it feels like a little return to form, though I never did radio, which I guess this is the closest thing that is. But it's all an extension of storytelling, which is why I think Tara is such a good guest for this podcast that maybe at first you feel is an arts podcast. Obviously, you'll see as I release more episodes, it's a lot of artists of different idioms that are the guests. But Tara as a journalist is doing something that I do as an artist and that every artist has in common who has been on this podcast, which is just that we're trying to tell stories and connect with people somehow. And I think that's why I find her so compelling to talk to, aside from the fact that she's just a really nice person who has really interesting anecdotes. We get a lot into the nature of storytelling and detail, both in the episode you just heard and again in this one. I hope that you enjoy part two of my conversation with Tara Bradbury. Talk to me about kind of longer form writing. It seems like your interest in... I love it. Right? These stories <laughs> and these people's stories, not just in the arts, but obviously in the court uh, and, and the, the stories you've encountered. I mean, mm. when's the book coming out? No, right? I, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like where to start <laughs> with a book. I just love my job and I love telling stories. And, you know, the arts beat... I did that solely for almost 10 years and it was a dream job. I mean, I, every day I got to go to work and tell the stories of all these creative and, and super intelligent and talented and accomplished people. Like it made me reevaluate my entire life on a daily basis. I feel like so little, but <laughs> always, you know, I've done nothing at all. 
But, you know, it, it really is a dream job. And, and, and I like my job now, too, because I think there's there's the potential to to let, you know, to make change, I guess, to let people. I think people have a right to know what goes on in the court system. They're paying for it and how people are treated in the court system. And, you know, whether it's victims, whether it's mentally, the mentally ill, whether, it, you know, I think people need to know these things. And um, I just love it. I think it comes down to empathy. It comes down to detail. I think people really um, love stories about people doing, people they might know that are doing well, you know, mm -hmm. like creativity and people from here that they can. Mm -hmm. But they also love stories about people overcoming challenges. Mm -hmm. People love that. Mm -hmm. And I'm lucky in that I have um, the space or the the ability because of, you know, being a print journalist that I don't have to condense that into clips. I don't know how I would ever do that. <laughs> right. You know, into sound bites. Right. I can take this time and I just love it so much. Would it be fiction or would it be nonfiction if you wrote something? If you could, if I could oh, magically God. give you the time off and the money right now to Holy go cow. work on the book. Ah. <sighs> Would it be fictionalized nonfiction? You know what I mean? Like, I wonder, would you be, would you pick a current, for instance, case that yeah, you've worked on in the last few years that you could it. dig into in a 2020 way of looking back on it? Right. Or would it be an amalgam of all I don't these? know. I used to do, I was, I, I had so many novels in me, like, and did some creative writing classes and it felt it would always be a novel. And I feel like that's kind of been beat out of me now. Like, I've just, I think it would be nonfiction. I just feel like I don't have the same brain for for that. Really? I mean, it would t probably I do, but it would take longer to find it. I'd have to really. What do you think is missing? What do you think has been beat out of you? Like what elements? Um. Oh God, that's hard. I don't know. I think uh, just so many real life stories that that are that are as good <laughs> as anything I could come up with. Right. I guess. Just change the names and call it fiction. You know, that's right, what they I do. Could, you know? I could, Based could, on a true yeah. story. It's yeah, still fiction. Yeah, it would be something like that. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Wow, that's that's good. Talk to me about your connection to the person over the course of interviewing them. Right. You know, like we, our conversations that you've done stories on me have uh, obviously continue on in real life if I yeah. run into you at the supermarket. Absolutely, you yeah. know, um, Which is a lovely thing. 100%. Maybe less lovely. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> when it's involving the court reporting side of things. Yeah. What is that all about? How does that work? Compartmentalize it? Well, I guess that and just, you know, I know I keep saying compartmentalize over and over again, but... but how to not take it on, you mean? like uh, not, not take it on or even just how to... Maybe more how to navigate the relationships. Because yeah. our relationship is a much easier one, perhaps, to navigate sure. from a legal perspective. <laughs> Sometimes. Then your, <laughs> then your relationship yeah. with people that you're reporting on in court. Right. Like an accuser, an inmate, or an exhumator. Yeah. Sort of, right. So, yeah. And, and I think there are other things to consider when you're, when you're mm, dealing with marginalized people as well. Or, you know, the accused. How do I say this? Uh, how do I even put it into words? Give me a piece of paper and I can write it down. Sure. <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, hmm, Ian, you 
love to cut out some of these parts. Not at all. I'm listen. I'm I'm it's, uploading this to my uh, old journalist resume that right. I like gave you pause as a journalist <laughs> and answering a question. I feel so proud. Yeah, you yeah. know, you you have you have to realize, I guess that I and it, it's. It's a difficult thing to realize sometimes that you're, it's not always in the person's best interest to keep a connection going with you as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I have a friend who's a criminologist and she, she was talking one day about, you know, because there's, there's some, because I, I don't think everybody who's convicted of a crime is inherently bad. Mm-hmm. And I think people can turn their life around. I think everybody should believe that or else there's no point to the justice system, really, if mm-hmm. you don't believe in rehabilitation. So there are some there are some people that have done stories with that. I've, I won't say friends because, you know, we still met in a pro- professional capacity, but I'll say professional friends. Like, you know, if I saw them, I'd say hi to them or, you know, have a chat with them and whatever. And, I, and I've had a couple of situations where I've, it's been eye-opening to me um, you know, I've, I've become close to a person's family, I guess, from doing stories with them or doing um, in-depth stories with them or stories where they've, you know, wanted to lobby government for something and have kind of, you know, helped them have a voice in that regard. And so kind of stayed, you know, in touch with their families and, and that kind of thing, just, you know, from time to time. And um, it's hard when you see something like, you know, this person that you've done stories on and you know their background, whatever, and they're let out of jail. And I never realized, well, how little help they have when they're let out of jail, you know, Mm. and and the things they go through, like, okay, they're let out, but they can't go back living where they lived before because that's going to, they're going to end up back in jail. So they have to find somewhere else to live, but they're actually not on income support. So they don't qualify for certain services because they've had you know, money in their family, or you know what I mean? So how do they find a place? Because the landlord's not going to let them rent there because they were in the news. Or, and it's really, how do you walk away from that? And how do you not say, okay, well, let me see if I can help, you know, like, I'll get you this number or I'll get, you know what I mean? Like, it, mm-hmm. it's difficult sometimes. You just want to help, you know? But yeah, yeah. Seeing what people go through, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's that's got to be, it's that's got to be, I mean, we've talked again mm-hmm. off mic about a few people that mm-hmm. you obviously became personally mm-hmm. invested in, you know, um, but it came out of just a professional, that cold reporting, but like you walked in and were like, this is my job today. I got yeah. up and I came in to uh, yeah. be a part, a player in this, yeah. uh, you know, courtroom Mm-hmm, trauma mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh you know and, and then this real life relationship grows out of it completely naturally you know yeah I, it's a challenge to negotiate that it is yeah and the the, the guy you're talking about in particular is uh he's in jail now <laughs> again but um i did a bunch of stories with him and and he's does he deserve to be in jail? Yes, he does. He should be mm. where he is right now. He should be. Is he a bad person? He's done some bad things or and he's been accused of things. But inside, I don't think he grew up thinking this is what was going to happen to him when he was an adult. Right. You know, and and he, he had always been nice to me. He's very smart in interviews, you know, and uh, it's hard to see someone that you feel should be doing so much better yeah just yeah. say okay well I'll see you <laughs> you know it's hard. and yeah. that ha- that's not just a court thing like you know i've done lots of stories with you know doing the warm heart escaping for our scurvy house that i mentioned and mm. i met a lot of women who were abused and how do you walk away from that you know seeing someone who just got a i met an 80 year old woman with a black eye one time 
mm-hmm. in Iris Kirby house. And I'm supposed to do an interview with her and walk away and not think about her ever again. Like that is very hard to do at times for sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. I don't have any answer for how I do that. It's difficult. It is. <laughs> it's difficult. Yeah. I mean, and those stories we, we inherit, you know, or that we, we get, I mean, that's, that's sort of everything, you know, mm-hmm. that's how we piece together. Yeah. We're for sure. How our lives and how we understand yeah, the world yeah. around us, you know. Kind of cluing up here. Sure. Uh, take me through a day in the life of Tara Bradbury. Oh, I know you God. sort of have. Uh, and now I know you don't eat breakfast, which I think you're just, I listen, don't. you're wrong about. I am uh, wrong. And... <laughs> I know. I'm wrong. It's the most important don't... meal of the day. It is the most important meal of the day. If my kid ever told me that they weren't going to eat breakfast, I'd lose my shit. <laughs> like, for real, I make him eat breakfast. It's a bad habit. It's a very bad habit. <laughs> Just sits in my stomach, Ian. I, I get can't it. Do it. I, I get can't it. Do it. I mean, actually, why am I saying I get it? I don't get it. I have a giant breakfast every day. It's crazy. I get up and I like within like thirty seconds, I'm making breakfast. It's a strange thing. I think I, it's like a celebration of just making it through the night. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I know. I hear you. I hear you. It's, I should. I really should. I don't know why. I just don't. Well, aside from chastising, tell so, me for real. So what happened? So what's today like for you other than today this? Today was was not a busy day at work. So it was a nice day, actually. But a normal day um, for now, like court day. Like, so I'll get up in the morning and then I already have checked out the docket or I have, you know, I know what what cases are coming up. And so you just go in the courtroom and uh, and take in the, you know, the case and then see if they'll speak to you and see if there are other angles that need to be followed if if you need to go deeper into anything and and I'm in court most all day depending on what's going on Mm -hmm. and uh, then when court's over because I cannot I do not have the brain to be able to do um, some people do and a lot of journalists do and I really admire it where they can you know be in the courtroom and start writing the story in their notes while things are going on and I can't do that just my brain doesn't work out. so I don't have anything done by the time I leave court and then my day starts the writing part starts and I go home usually and start writing things up right sometimes I don't get done till eight or nine o'clock so when does court start court starts depending nine or ten so you're doing 12 hour days typically lots of times yeah Lots of times. And is that Monday to Friday? Weekends it as well? It is. Not weekends, no. Okay. Thankfully. Um, but I have, you know, I have a child at home, so I try and get things done as fast as I can. Sure. Um, if I can, you know, yeah, if something can be done in a listicle, <laughs> do <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but... Um, 12 ways to make your day shorter by Tara Bradbury. Number one, write listicles. Oh, this article is getting really meta. <laughs> So then, then it's like mom mode. Then I come out of reporter mode, and then I play. I spend the nights playing Legos and um, chasing Pokemon and Sweet. trying to beat my top score in Michael Jackson Dance Experience, which oh, I almost yeah. have for Billie Jean. Yes. Wow. He, he, my son tells me I hog that game. He never wants to play with me anymore because he says I hog it. Wow, cool. Doesn't realize how close I am to perfect stars for Billie Jean. But anyway. now we're hearing the real outlets mm, for all the yes. stress and the. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I do that. Dancing is a thing that I do too. Been doing ballet for a long time, so sometimes in the evenings that's what I do. Right, and then I have a I have a side business. I don't know if you knew about that, Ian. I don't know if I do. <laughs> Tell me. I do online. I so I deal in uh, vintage clothes. 
So wow, I cool. Buy and sell. What's and it called? It's called Salvage Garden. Salvage Garden. Salvage. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So right now I don't have a public site because I sell directly to buyers and like niche. So different private Facebook groups and stuff that, you know, so. Right. so I buy it and sell it and I, and I sew reproduction, like sew, sew dresses from patterns from the 1940s. Wow. I use like appropriate fabric and sew the dresses and sell them too. And so I do that when I have free time. It's wow. fun. It's really fun. That is cool. Yeah, I love it. I love it, love it. You've named a lot of things here today. I'm just right? saying, like ballet. Don't uh, sleep. <laughs> Jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Do you sleep? Jiu-jitsu, like, are you, do you, are, are you one of these people who sleeps like four hours a night? Like, what do you, how Yeah, do you... I don't sleep. I really okay. don't sleep. This is no, how you do it. No, I don't sleep at all. I, it's going to be the death of me. It actually is. I'm actively trying to get more sleep because I don't, if I lie down and, and say, okay, it's time to go to sleep now, I'll get tired and I will. But if I don't lie down, I can go all night. Like I see four o'clock in the morning, lots of mornings and I'm up at seven. Lots of mornings. But I know it's gonna. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die someday. I'm sorry I've, if I, I just silently die. looked like I was judging you. He looked horrified. I was, I was, no, he had I, this horrified. I was look. only because I love sleep and I envy you because yeah. I would sleep. I would. I'd be asleep right now if I could. Like I would just. <laughs> <laughs> I, My brain you know. is just. It just doesn't calm down sometimes. You know what I mean? Just so many things to do. But uh, I'm actively trying to fix this. <laughs> I have a plan to be in bed by 12 every night. It doesn't always work, but I really try. And then then I just think of all these, like, Baroness von Sketch episodes that I need to watch until three in the morning. That show is amazing. Have you ever seen that? Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, you do your best thinking in the night. (laughs) In bed, you're supposed to be asleep. (laughs) But, yeah, I'm trying to fix that. Right. (laughs) Is there any... Mm -hmm. um, Is there any things right now that you're like similar to that side business or yeah. writing that you're like this is the next thing I want to do that I'm not currently doing oh yeah there's one thing <laughs> that I that I would love to do I would I started doing this and I've done some of them with my with friends kids and with um family members little kids so I take I get them to draw something and I would take their drawing and turn it into a toy like so they'll draw doll like draw a girl and I'll make a doll but I'll make it I've sewn it like like they've drawn it so if one eye is really huge and one eye is little just make them their own art in a stuffy kind of thing oh, okay yeah 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 they're drawing like weird animals and I'm, and I'll make it for them and I would love to like have a little business doing it. like you know to turn kids art into actual something that they could keep or oh, even just cool, an exhibit yeah. of that really yeah. cute yeah yeah so I've done I've done a few like that I'm nice. like yeah it's cute it's awesome. kind of funny it's kind of funny, but, but I have no time ever, ever. So many things. I mean, don't you have a list of things you'd love to do? Of course. Yeah. Where are you going to find the time? I know. You're so busy, too. You're always touring and... Yeah, I mean, it's... Doing shows and... It, it is, it is a, it is a interesting balance. I mean, arts is fascinating anyway, because it's always, like, everyone I know does five things. Of course. You know, of and that's... Of course. I... I that's both ridiculous and, and amazing and amazing. Amazing. It's it's yeah. So many people who can, who can who are singers and then who can you know, produce for other people and then you can do visual art and stuff too. That blows my mind. But I it also blows my mind how somebody could play the piano and sing at the same time. I don't know. And see, this is just grass is always greener or just that other version. Because, I mean, what you're talking about, I mean, I totally know what you mean because, 
uh, to me, like I get something completely different out of like writing a song versus yeah. like producing for an artist right. or composing for a film or, Absolutely. or touring. Like they're all completely, there's yeah. different, they scratch different itches and, right. and all that stuff. But I mean, that's no different than you in another way, just being like, I did this kind of, you know, like I did this kind of reporting and then I, you know, and the, this, you know, this other business that you're saying, I mean, those are all completely different yeah. uh, sets of uh, skills yeah. and, and probably different feelings of accomplishment, even like what counts as accomplishment in any of those right. is so it looks and feels completely different. Yeah, I guess so. There's, Which is the thrill of life, I'm sure. That's right? true. But sometimes it's exciting when it crosses over. And it's fun. Like, I've got, you know... Are you selling vintage I, dresses to convicts? No, I'm, just curious. Uh, I'm not. But, do you but, know... <laughs> okay, I can't wait to hear the rest of this. Go ahead. Do you know, you know um, Jeff Brace, the lawyer? He's a criminal lawyer in yeah. town. Who's also... He loves going... I mean, he talks about it on Twitter. Not all the time. He does all the thrift shops. And he looks... He finds treasures. He's really good at treasure hunting. I've trained him <laughs> to determine vintage outfits now. Not trained, but like he's, uh, no, I I say that jokingly, but he will go somewhere and he'll see something and he might send me a picture of it and ask me to date it for like, how, how old is this and where did it come from or whatever. Sometimes he'll, he, he's my buyer sometimes. He's got a really good eye. That's amazing. Yeah. He's found dresses and he's, he finds the best treasures ever, but he's the vintage, you know, so. So now if I'm out or doing something and see something that he likes too, so it's fine. See, you use these skills for good. This is, what this reminds me of is the fact that as someone who's toured in many countries and and has met people of all kinds and has, you know, this network of people, what I use that network for (laughs) is I have a list in my phone of fake, shitty, but awesome band names. (laughs) What? And I tell people, and I get texts from people all the time from different from my travels who I've told this list about, yeah. and they'll just text me some fake, awesome, but shitty band name, and I'll add it to this insane That's list amazing. that I will show you off mic because I can't yes. even read some of them on mic. And it's this extensive list. But that's, see, I use it for evil. That's so like, good. you use your connections for good, and I just that's get fake evil. band names. No, that's it's awesome, excellent. let's face it. But that's it, excellent. You know, it's, it's just for my own amusement. I used to cover a long time ago. I, did, I spent a year or two covering municipal politics, and, you know, they were always talking about potholes and how they fix them and whatever. And I always thought it would be a good name for a band, Grind and Patch. Grind and Patch is the process of fixing a pothole. They grind. Yeah, and I thought that was a good band name. You should I'm, write that down. Here. I'm putting it in the list. Grind and Patch. Don't you think? I, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> and and you see, this is exactly how you get roped into this network. <laughs> because I guarantee oh, yes. you, a week from now, someone's going to say something. You're like, maybe I should text that to you. I will. You know? Please do. Like, I would I love will. for you to Does do that. Is it that, Ian? Uh, your, your favorite your favorite line to hear from people there's a song in that Ian uh, that's it <laughs> you should write I'm, a song about that I'm actually putting in Grind and Patch Grind like, and Patch honestly yeah. I've, I've pictured it as a heavier band I'm, I'm just gonna I know this does nothing from the, the microphone perspective but I'm just gonna show you so here's oh my god you do have a list but, but here's the list and just check this out I'm just Holy. scrolling through it isn't that it yeah, starts to get a bit upsetting at this point. That's an extensive list. For any listening, I'm just literally so, showing Tara a list and scrolling, and it's still scrolling. So, do you, oh my God, it's yeah. still scrolling. Do yeah. you? You've never used any of these for anything. You've Not never, yet. You've never needed inspiration for a song title or. A, a... What I like to do is, uh, I if if a few people are out uh, having drinks who are into it, yeah. I will play a game called uh, "Is it a band name in Ian's phone." Or a CD review on pitchfork.com. Hilarious. And I will choose 
one of each and That's say funny. blah or blah, and it's a 50% success rate That's over a real funny. band or one of my bands. Like, for instance, I have a band in this called the Quebec Setlist, and that doesn't mean anything. Right. But if you saw a poster that said, The National on tour, that's opening right. act, the Quebec <laughs> set list, you'd be like, That makes sense. That makes sense. You totally. know what I mean? Yeah. And that's really, and it's also <laughs> it's like, good. Can you say the sentence? Um, let's see here. Um, uh, oh man, are you guys going to see the sarcasm puppets at CBTG's tonight? Accurate. You know? I'd believe that. I've heard they're playing with the Camel Joes for $2 cover. I totally believe that. See what I mean? I totally believe that. This is what I do with my yeah. spare time. You know what I started doing for as a way to, you know, when you talk about art and, and crime, that's the way that I combine the beats and only for myself, like not in my phone, like you, but in my notebook. I have another little notebook, like a sketchbook. And so sometimes there are parts in a case, a criminal case, where we can't report. They go into like a voir dire or something that's unreportable. Mm-hmm. And so I just sketch it, like courtroom sketches. And I started, I started, um, Sometimes doing like um, tattoo design, like for <laughs> some for the accused or for <laughs> me or for you know, That's but amazing. yeah, they keep it cute. Yeah, That's some, amazing. so sometimes I do sketches for you know for the lawyers sometimes because I know a lot of them and I design them tattoo. Yeah, on it based on our case or you know. So. Something like that. That's amazing. Yeah, so you're saying it's a coffee table book is your next so, Maybe. I have this of... book of, yeah, this book of courtroom sketches. I mean, they're not all funny. Some of them legit, like sketches from the courtroom. Like okay. you'd see, you know, because I'm just there waiting for them to to get on with the... <laughs> you're such a workaholic. You're actually I, taking someone else's job it is in bad. your spare time. You're like, well, no. I got a minute. I guess I'll be the courtroom sketch artist. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but in this, in here, the, the courtroom photographer is also you know like every media outlet that's there the reporter is the one that's saying right yeah, yeah but you know it's just yeah you know you know how it is you know how it is i do i do but yeah nobody will ever see them i guess unless i have a big pile of them and then maybe you put them in the vault i'll have to get so much permission to use them i think like, this is going to be your like <laughs> the posthumous people. release for musicians it's going to yeah. be like tara maybe. bradbury Wealth of sketches unearthed. If I, when I die and whoever has to go through all my stuff, they're going to be like, oh my God. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? All these notebooks and sketchbooks and weird. Can you imagine? This is. <laughs> imagine your obituary sometimes. Did you ever I'm like, think about that? Ian Foster was a fake band named Aficionado. And, uh, <laughs> you know. But somebody will have to go through all your notebooks, Ian, and pick yeah. and all your song lyrics that you God. rejected. You know what I mean? Then, like, can you imagine? Yeah, I know. I think about that. I know. <laughs> Destroy the backup drives right before you die. I don't know. Do you want? There's a reason they didn't get released, you know? That's the guy. That's what I mean. Like all these weird things I've written or drawn or <laughs> they'd be like, oh my God. I use the, the notes thing, like the, the, the voice notes on my phone and it's like... My God, that would be the worst thing oh, ever. Oh, do you use that? Because it'll just be me being like, something about blah oh, in, do you do in that? D minor. And then do I'll you? sing something <laughs> shitty into it, a cappella, and then that'll be the note. And if anyone found oh. that, they'd be like, this is the ramblings of a madman, you know? But you use that, obviously. You use it, you know, when you're home and you say, what did I think of before? You're going to pull that up and listen oh, to it, Oh, it's right? an incredible right. tool. Yeah. Like, it's... potentially. But, I mean, most of it's garbage, statistically. Doubt that's it. how art works. Oh, that's very flattering Doubt of you. It. It's Don't say is. most of it. Okay, 51%. <laughs> Doubt it. Doubt it. That's, uh, that's cool. 
that is really cool that you yeah that's neat well, i know. can't i can't even um i do let me show you people laugh at me usually hold up <laughs> this so is i admire people who can handwriting i admire people who can do it but I, i'll start stories in notebooks i'm old school right start right. stories in notebooks and uh and do you retype? Then, you had to retype this, obviously. I do have to type it. Yeah. Those are just notes. Those are taken in the courtroom, but a lot of times I'll start a story. There's something to be said, I think, for being able to scratch something. You might agree or not. Like, you know, when you're doing it on a screen and, oh, no, I hate that sentence. Delete, 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 delete. And then you might say, what was that that I hated? You know, there's something to be said for being able to put a line through it and go back and, you know, rearrange words That's and interesting. Stuff. I feel I like this is, feel a, this is a great generational gap thing, though, I think. Oh, because, yeah, for sure. Like... Even it was interesting talking to Des and and well Des and Agnes as two poets. Yeah. Uh, Agnes still handwrites everything. Does she? Yeah. Des doesn't. Oh really? Des is like I love the delete key from a really? creative standpoint. He's like I want to type it all and he's really? like it helps me more effectively trash things. Is his logic? It's quite funny. Yeah, you I know. understand that. I, but I'm just afraid that I'll need it. You yeah. know what I mean? But I also don't think that people are taught to handwrite. Like this is no, they don't teach. I, I can read anymore. all of this. I bet you uh, yeah. someone now. You would not be able to read it if they... They don't teach it in school anymore, Henry, yeah. at all. But I don't know. There's just... Uh, and it's, I've done interviews with people. I remember one time, it was kind of a while ago, and I was interviewing these girls, I don't know, like university students or something. And at the end of the interview, I said something like, oh, um, I wanted just them to spell their name or whatever. So I could write and say, I said, okay, just I just got to get my pen. And she, one girl was like, why don't you just write it in your phone? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> hmm. Thanks. <laughs> you know, didn't think of that. I love so that. That's just, also their voice. That's my favorite. But you just read it in your phone <laughs> like that. Yeah, it was a bit. Uh, this has been super fun, Tara. <laughs> thank you. Um, I think you're a superstar. You're I awesome. think you are. I love it. I love it. You're a great interviewer. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe that should be your next on your list. Maybe I'll journalism. go back. Close by return. You know, I wanted to do journalism. I believe it. Before. Like that was that was what I was gonna do up to the point that good. I didn't. I actually have freelance articles written for the Telegram for many years ago. Please don't look them up through your powers. I of, will. They'll look be terrible. Them up. Oh, what were they? Terrible. Arts? They were. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were arts. I will yeah. look this up. Yeah. You, yeah. You, but you have a way with words. You have that. You have what it takes. Like you know, you have this the interviewing technique. You have everything. You should try. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much. Thank you so much. It was great. Thank you. And that's it. Wasn't she great? Wasn't she cool to listen to? She's a sweet person, and you've probably read her words if you lived in St. John's at any point in time and followed either the news or what's going on here in the arts. Now you got to know her a little bit better as a person. I hope you'll tune in again next week when my guest will be Sean Panting. You can find this podcast on Podbean and other podcast apps. Please give a like and a subscribe, a review if you feel compelled. It all helps to just get the word out about this and sharing it, of course, on social media and all of those platforms. Thanks so much again for listening. We'll see you next time.